Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We have a very special guest today. We are super excited that you're here. This is our first time getting to have on the podcast an author, and his name is John Mark Watson, and he just released his new book, Joyous Leadership, which is fabulous, and we are super excited to have you here today, Mr. Watson. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, but please just call me Mark. I'll I'll think somebody else is going to answer if he's... Yeah. I tried to tell her that. I tried to say Mark Watson, but she's John Mark Watson. I think uh, that's a, it's such a strong name. I think it's a very cool name. Thank so. you. So give us a snapshot, if you don't mind, of kind of who you are, what you do, um, and all that, just to get us rolling. Sure. Uh, I tell people I have a day job. Uh, I wrote the book kind of in my spare time during COVID, but I, I'm the COO, Executive Vice President of Bonomatic Corporation. It's a medium-sized Midwestern company, but we're a global company. We sell beverage dispense equipment uh, around the world. Uh, some of our major customers would be people like Starbucks, and Dunkin' Donuts, uh, McDonald's, people like that. Uh, a lot of people know us you know, at the home side uh, because of our home coffee brewers. So that's what I do during the daytime is, is um, help run that company. And, uh, but, uh, then I took up this side gig, uh, about, well, really several years ago, but I just took it up during COVID whenever everything was locked down, uh, through some encouragement with my wife, I started writing again. So that's how this book came out. So we have her to thank for it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I need to thank her because it's like, I, I'm serious. This is so well done and I'm and I'm, I'm a stay at home mom and an artist and this hit me on every level. So it's not just, it's not a corporate thing. It's, it is leadership across the board, which is so cool. Well, thank you. Um, what, so you said, so COVID kind of is what motivated you to write the book. Well, and kind, kind of, what, what is it that motivated you kind of, or had you had that idea before? I really did not. I, I consider myself a reader, not a writer. I like to read, uh, but I would speak at a lot of events over the course of my career. I got invited to a few universities, uh, some of our places that Sheila and I actually uh, graduated from, Harding and various places. When I get done, somebody would say, you know, you should write that down in a book or something. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm an ops guy. We build plants. We build products. We we don't write books. <laughs> I would just kind of laugh. I go, okay, yeah, sure. And uh, and one time, uh, my wife encouraged me afterwards. She goes, Mark, you really ought to write that down. And I I would tell her, you know, I'm I'm so busy. I, I this is really not my thing. And and so uh, about I'm gonna say four or five years ago, I was I gave a speech at a uh, it's, they call it. Uh, kind of a young president's group here in town. And I was walking back across the campus. We have a huge campus, uh, our corporate office. And, and so it's like one building to the next is a half mile almost. But so I was walking across campus and 
And someone texted me after the speech and they said, you know, you really ought to write this down in, in a book someday. And so that was the first time I'd kept my notes. And I thought, okay, I'll keep my notes. And my notes, you have to understand, are like a three by five card. It was one, you know, I had no notes basically. And uh, so I did not uh, do much from that point forward. And then when COVID came, my wife said, Mark, you really ought to take this time and start writing a book. And, uh, and at that time, I had written probably seven chapters, and they were so bad that even I didn't want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, and I would tell her that. I would go back, and I'd say, Stacy, they are so bad. I mean, nobody's going to want to read this because I don't even like reading them. And she goes, well, you know, just keep writing. And so I took a couple of online classes, and um, one of them was horrible, and I knew even less when I got done. And then... Uh, I took two more after that, and one of those classes, it was almost like a light went off. I'm like, oh, I get this. I, I think I can do this. And so I rewrote those seven chapters and added 12 more to, to go with it, and that's uh, the book. So How I, started, cool. I started writing in, in 2020, right after COVID. Um, again, I had notes in some other chapters, and I finished December the 29th of uh, 2020, and I called it done. I, I love that. pretty quick. That's brother brother Dollins, our English teacher at CRC, was amazing, and I think I can just see how proud he would be of you. He would think somebody had hijacked my body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a, he was so funny. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm impressed that you remembered so much of your childhood too. Kudos for you. Yes, <laughs> that, that took I'm a like, while. Uh, that took a while, but, but, you know, and the, the interesting part, let me just finish one other thing. I, I was not going to do anything in this book. I finished it and I thought, well, I'm going to make a PDF copy. I'll give it to my, my family, my wife, my kids, whatever. And, and I'm done. And my wife, um, she's really been the one that has responsible for a lot of this has spurred it on. She goes, well, let's send it to an editor. Let's, let's, let's just see what it might do. And the funny part about it is she sent it to several people. And we didn't even get a response. I mean, nobody even responded back. I mean, not a no, but I mean, no response. This is like <laughs> it's gone out into. And so finally, one of the people she sent it to, she said, Mark, I really would like this lady because she writes, she edits for people that you read the, her, the books. It was one of them, was, she edited for John Maxwell. She edited for Philip Gully, which is one of my favorite kind of comedy uh, fun writers. And I said, well, what did you send her? And so she showed me the email. And so I thought, well, I'm going to send an email from my work account. That looks more official. And just ask her why, <laughs> you know, why did you not even respond? You know, what, am I, what are we doing wrong? And so I did. And I got an email back from her almost immediately. And she says, no, I did respond. It must have got caught in an email filter or something because I want to do the project. Wow. And so oh, that's wow. how freaky it came about. So. Man. You know, I just feel like throughout your story and throughout just the word grit just keeps popping up. And I am just so inspired by your grit. And even even the process of getting it written, it sounds like you were you didn't give up when it you didn't like the product. You're you wasn't like, yeah, I can't do it. It was like, I'm just going to keep learning and keep growing. And then your wife keeps sending it out. And then you even contacting back the lady. I just like so much grit. I'm just so inspired by that. 
Yeah, we have a saying here at our house. You know, my wife is redheaded, and and I have a son with Down syndrome. He's redheaded, and you want to see two people go after it, they can do it. Uh, <laughs> so they call their stubbornness, and they call mine grit. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of my favorite quotes, because I always pick out quotes, was I love the integrity is like being pregnant. Oh, yes. That was very, very great. (laughs) Yeah, that's a, you know, it's integrity. I found in uh, sometimes business, big business gets a big rap, a bad rap about integrity. But, you know, I've been really lucky the places I've worked, especially where I'm working now. Our bosses. He's fanatic on making sure everybody gets a fair shake. I mean, if you want to make him mad, you know, let him find where somebody didn't get a fair deal. And I mean, a customer, employee, it doesn't matter. And and I've learned from some really good people. And uh, and sometimes that's hard to do because you don't always know what's happened or or, or you don't know yeah. all the facts. And so, um, so I had some good mentors early that that just drove that into me. And and really, you're I think your worth and your value and your, the trust your people have, they see that and you just, you have to have it. You, there's no, like I say, there's no partial integrity. It's, you know, again, when you're, you go get a pregnancy test, you either are, or you aren't. And whether you get yeah. a integrity test that you either have it or you don't. Well, I thought it was a good analogy. And then, then there was another one that, that said, address the problem, never the person. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I thought that was powerful too. I mean, I kept saying, Mark's writing this. <laughs> Mark's writing this. But well, you have to remember those are learning. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed. I was just kept going, what are you? And I kept circling it. Now I'm circling stuff instead of highlighting because I read that it's better to circle. So yeah, it, it, your book has a bunch of circles. So. Oh, mine has a ton of highlights. I highlighted the hound out of it. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many. There's so many nuggets. Yeah. Well, and thank I you. Believe you used the Hobbit quote because we had used the Hobbit quote in a podcast. That was yes. one of my favorite quotes. I said, "What?" We were okay. Hobbit fans at my, at my house too. So when I actually listened to your Hobbit podcast because I, you know we 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 love all the Hobbit stuff and. And I and I'd known that quote, and there's so many times when in that one you're talking about is about talking about strategic planning, and you know it doesn't do to you know leave the dragon out of the you know if you got or your plans if you got a dragon living close by or however it's quoted, but um, and so it's it is it, I remembered that when I started writing about strategic planning, I'm thinking wow you know there's so many times we make a plan but we don't plan strategically are with the right wisdom in mind. And so it's, um, it, can you elaborate a, a little bit? I, that was one of my questions for you. Cause I love that you said planning is good. Strategic planning is better. So can you kind of elaborate on the difference between planning versus strategic planning? Sure. Um, and I use a really funny story in there for that. Cause I try to make sure you guys get humor out of my book, but, um, <laughs> but you know, we, a lot of times we make plans because we, a plan is just what we want to do. Right. So mm-hmm. we just say, Oh, well, I plan on, uh, in the book I planned on, I think I planned on doing a biathlon and I thought I was pretty cocky. I was in shape and I was going to do all this great stuff. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but I really didn't plan with all the facts and I didn't get a group of people. I didn't get, other uh, outside influences and um, a lot of fact checking, planning for that dragon. What is that dragon going to do? What are the, po- the possible dragons that are out there, as J.R.R. Tolkien said? But, and then 
so planning's good. You know, it's good to have a plan. I had a plan to do a biathlon and I completed it, but it was a disgraceful result. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm glad I got to humor a lot of people of that, but it, you know, it made me think, you know, what if I had just asked some more knowledgeable people that had experience and, and gotten some insight from there, that's strategic planning. That's making sure that we planned all aspects of that journey. So, so really, do you think strategic planning, you have to be, as God tells us over and over again, you have to be humble. Yes, definitely. Uh, never afraid. I've, I've learned, you know, through the years, uh, never be afraid to ask for help. And, and because there's somebody out there that's experienced that, or they've got a better, or, you know, they've just gone through that life experience, or they've made a, they're just better at that particular area than, than, than you are. You and can so gain insight. Yeah. Your story yes. about Gordy was amazing. Oh my goodness. That was such a beautiful story. Yes. Yeah. Gordy's my friend. Uh, it was, uh, you know, and I think the reason that impacted me so much, it, uh, Gordy was always driving me probably at the lowest point of my, you know, the, you know, the way I felt, I was always getting treatment. Um, you know, after that treatment, you feel really, really bad. You know, you can barely hold your head up. And he was driving me back to, you know, the airplane to get on. And and so he would tell those stories. And I thought, man, this guy, you know, here's what we tend to think uh, in life. You know, we think somebody else has got it all, right? We, we think that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thought to myself, man, this guy is 81 years old. He's never even had a setback. I mean, he's living the dream. He's, it's what we all aspire to. And then, so I just kind of had enough that day. And I said, Gordy, have you ever even had a setback? And, <laughs> and, oh man, was that question loaded? Uh, as, as I always say, don't ask a question if you don't know the answer or something say about an attorney. Right. <laughs> and it, it was humbling, you know, his answer. And, and uh, so it's very good. Just that whole, you said that he had pain and he had endured this pain and nothing could erase that, but you said he didn't wear it like a bumper sticker either. Mm, yeah, I like that part. Yeah, you know, we've all seen people that, um, and there's, and, and I get it, you know, I've been there. Uh, we see people that have that, the, their face, you know, they're going through some pain, but they just seem to keep it and they don't seem to move on. And that's what I wanted to talk about in that chapter. There's, there's joy in moving on. And, and Gordy called, and the funny thing about this, I gave Gordy one of the early copies of the book before it was really even done, because to make sure he was okay if I used uh, his story, and uh, he was, and he called me the day after Christmas. I was loading my car, and uh, he said, uh, Mark, I just want to tell you, uh, we all sat around at Christmas, me and my family, and uh, we talked about your book, you know, and I always think about his family, because there's one less chair. Yeah. His dining room table, and uh, and that always has to be a, a reminder of them. And 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 I I think how painful that would be. I've not faced that, but I think how painful that would be. And uh, so he's an inspiration to so many people. He just when you see the guy, you just smile. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Do you equate that um, that type of not wearing it as a bumper sticker per se as just not having a victim mindset? Would that be the reason why people? Would hold I, on I do believe like that. that. I do believe it's not a victim mindset. I also like that he said, you know, he didn't say, oh, I just pulled myself up by my bootstraps. You know, he, he said they got professional help. You know, they did some counseling and his wife, um, you know, took some medication there from the beginning. And I, so he, he, he relived that story and he didn't try to make it out like, 
we're superheroes. Uh, but they moved on. They they moved on and they they adapted. They pivoted that business and they uh, that thing he worked his whole life for. Uh, you know, you could say I always I think I said at the end of the chapter. You know, you could just stop and everybody would expect you. They'd say, "Oh man, you know, he had a tough blow, and that's why he's down and out right now." And I think you can do that, but but I think the real joy is taking that. And, and it's just like a scar, right? You, you, you look at that scar and the scar is still there. That skin around that scar is tough now. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that's what he did. I think well, there's similarities and- between you, both of you guys, because that's what I see is he's really good at being vulnerable. And so are you and like all through the book, you're excellent at being vulnerable. And that's so vulnerability is so powerful, you know, well, Sheila can tell you, I've made most of my mistakes in public, so uh, (laughs) (laughs) So it's a little hard not to be vulnerable because somebody would probably tell on me. uh, (laughs) I think that's part of this book. You can just sit, you're brutally honest. You're just, uh, and I remember a talk that you did a long time ago, and see how old I am, 62, and I still remember you talking, and you were probably 18 at CRC, and you said, we all have problems and we worry, but let me ask you something. Have you prayed about it? I mean, you were stepping on my toes. I was like, oh, yeah, we, we shouldn't be worried if we hadn't prayed about it. And I didn't even know you at that time, but I thought that was like a slap in the face. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so I feel well, like this book is the same way. You're like saying, okay, uh, have you, and you, you put plan time to reflect. And I went, ouch ouch because I'm terrible at just planning time to reflect I mean over and over again I got a lot of ouches from this but I loved them loved them <laughs> yes well I'd like to say I've made a lot of mistakes I have one of my favorite quotes it's not even in the book but uh, and but it's almost describes my book it says good judgment comes from uh, from experience and a lot of that comes from bad judgment <laughs> <laughs> who said that uh, Will Rogers. So it's, oh, uh, you can use good. that one, but that's, that's sometimes that happened with me, but I tried to learn from it, but, but I, even this book, uh, Stacy, she drugged me. She's still dragging me through this and a little bit, cause I, I don't have the confidence to really, you know, I'm like, I tell people I'm nobody. I, I mean, I'm not an author, right? I'm not an established author. And, and well, so I try to minimize You are it. an author. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I am now. Uh, but it's so hard to really put yourself out there and, and to be vulnerable. But it's, it's, you know, you just, I told Stacey, I said, you know, I'll write this and, and we'll go as far as God wants it to go. And and because really all you can do is what you can do. And the rest is really kind of up to God to decide. And so if he uses it for three people, fine. If he uses it for 300, that's even better. And, uh, so I'm, I'm excited for where the thing that I've, I've enjoyed most is people, you know, making contact with me after they've read it and say, Hey, this particular chapter resonated with me. And the fun thing about it is it's not all the same chapters. It's different. It's whatever their situation was. Right. So that was, that's a lot of fun. And just think about it after they read it and then they pick it up a couple years later, it'll be another chapter that resonates with them too, because it's ongoing like that. I loved your, you said, the problem with success, people want to do the same thing over and over again, ignoring the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all done that, right? Have you, I'm yeah. sure you guys have. It's, it's, yeah. it's, oh, it's, I have. it's human nature. Yeah. Yes. One size fits all, you know, but I'm thinking, so you might, like this time, you might, I might say, oh, I love the uh, reflect part. I love that. But then I might 
pull it down again. Of course, I liked it all. And I'm kind of fickle anyway, you know, because I say, oh, that's my favorite chapter. Oh, that's my favorite chapter. <laughs> well, and I think, I think we don't give ourselves time. Like, I love that. It's so enlightening. The joy of efficiency. Um, yes. Um, when you were talking about the, the employee that had worked overnight and to because someone was coming into the plant or something and and just all the accolades he was getting because it's like oh you know wow you worked overnight and everything and I thought that was um so rare that you were not I mean you praised his work but then you said that's not healthy like you you know it's like you weren't praising the that overnight stressful staying busy that that's not sustainable and I thought wow how many bosses do that how many say yeah, that's not, we don't want you, you know, most people are like, put 110% into this. And yeah, um, I think luckily, you know, times are changing on that. And I'm glad they are. Uh, that particular guy that I, that's in that book, he is, was one of my really good friends. And he did a great job. And, but, but everybody wants in, the, in, the, in, in life, you know, they want to grow, whether it be, uh, you know, in a professional world, we want to be promoted or, or we want that, you know, that personal growth. And so I tell people, you can't grow until you can become efficient enough and you've got to have room in your day. And so he'd worked all night and he wanted to grow in the company. And I, and I asked him, I said, well, how can I give you anything else? It's running off your plate now. And mm-hmm. so, so we had a long talk and he was just a young guy. He was probably you know, less than 30 years old. So he was really uh, had, full of energy. That was to his advantage. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was, but he got it. And he later became, it's kind of funny because he later became uh you know, a lean, uh, what we call lean practitioner, where they work on efficiency and stuff like that. He actually took that to heart and became a leader in that area. So it was really a, uh, a neat process to watch. Yeah. I, our society needs that. Like they need that. Cause you said activity does not equal productivity. And I was thinking our society is really about being busy. And why is that? And it's like, is that because our worth is tied to being like we feel worthy if we're busy like is that the reason why no i think it's we're busy i read a book and it said if satan can't make you bad he can make you busy i think that (laughs) gets us distracted you know and you know like like i loved your quote i was going to ask you where you got your quotes because give me six hours to chop down a tree and i'll spend the first four sharpening the axe abraham lincoln oh do you know where i live right st louis uh, no, I live in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, okay. The oh. birthplace of Lincoln. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, everything we have here, uh, we're called the land of Lincoln for a reason. You can't go. So where I, I want to say where I first saw that I, I, you know, I have this disease, and so I can I can't run anymore, but I walk. And so we have this nice. It's called Lincoln Memorial Gardens, and so I, my wife and I, on a summer day or spring day, we walk through Lincoln Memorial Gardens, and they have these benches, and that was every bench has a Lincoln saying on it. And I saw that one day and I thought, wow. And so I took a picture of it. I said, that is so true. How many times do we do that? And just like you said, we're trained to be busy because they say, well, if I'm busy, I must be doing a good job, right? Well, that's maybe, but you're not getting results. You know, so plan to sharpen that ax. And that includes, you know, a, a mental preparation as well and physical rest and things like that. So I've tried to, implement that more in my life well that's cool i can, it's funny because sis had just mentioned that quote she said mom you probably heard this quote but i just found it and then we read your book and it was in there too you know that's how it is i mean maybe god doesn't want us to forget this quote <laughs> because we keep seeing it 
Yes, exactly. We ever touched on how you guys know each other because I heard about the book from mom and she said that she went to college with you. So y'all went to Crowley's Ridge together? We did. Went to Crowley's Ridge College. Um, It was funny. uh, I don't know if Sheila remembers, but uh, uh, my father had passed away when I was a junior in high school. So I was really, I I had like no money. And uh, so I was working most of the time. I didn't spend a lot of time on campus. I, I had a job off campus. And uh, we had a, a singing group called Coral Airs. And so they, and believe me, uh, that was a long time ago because I, I would not qualify for that group today. But <laughs> <laughs> So I think we ended up in that, right, Sheila? Is that? Well, no, I was never in that, but I was always a fan of that. But I did send her, uh, don't be mad, but I, I wanted her to see what you look like in college. So I sent her a picture of you and, and with your bold haircut. <laughs> kind of funny. So, yeah. So, it, but we always did stuff together. We, we had such a small uh, class and, and we did stuff together all the time. Uh, uh, Sheila was good friends with one of my good friends, Vera, and... Uh, and um, so we we always did stuff together, lunch together, you know, at the cafeteria and everything. So I, and of course, we had classes together, and uh, and I always considered Sheila may not really agree with me or think I'm crazy here, but I always considered her one of the smart ones. <laughs> and so, whoa, yeah, but well, she could read really books back in those days, and I was just still on Cliff Notes, and so, um, <laughs> so that was pretty interesting times. We had a good time. I've, I've visited Crowley's Ridge before and it is, it's a beautiful campus and it's, it's super small, but like super quaint. I really wanted to go there, but I just felt like it was too far away at the time. But yeah, it's really, it's a really neat place. You don't really see places like that very much. Oh, it was a, it was a great fit. I don't know if they still do this or not, but we had trimesters back then. That was another thing for cost wise for me. They, you, you could actually, if you really put your head down, you could graduate in five uh, semesters and wow. so and so I st- that's what I did and uh, and again like I say I worked full time I had a construction job and um, and so I didn't spend as much time on campus as I would like to but I was trying to save money to uh, go to Harding when I got out and uh, and I thought you you put a good point in there because you know for people that didn't grow up like we did and you graduate in the 80s and you can't find a job because you don't have experience and right. that's in the book. And I said, sis, did you see that? That's how it was with us. Yeah. <laughs> you go out there, you're so proud of yourself. You got finished. And then nobody wants you because you don't have experience. <laughs> oh, it was, it was hard, right? Sheila, we had the, uh, I actually, the first job I applied for, I told them I'd work for nothing. It was, a, it was wow. in an HR role. And, and, uh, and I said, Hey, I'll just do this and, and let you show what I can do. Then maybe if you can work me in. And so I, I went back and did construction work for several months and, Eventually broke into the industry, but it was a, it was a tough, it was a tough entry. And I was just like, that's, that's it. That's, I feel like that's the heart of the book. And I feel like that's the, the message that I need most just to like find joy wherever you're at, finding joy in the process. So that's very difficult. I I think that was one of the key learnings I had in life uh, is, is that very thing is that because whenever you get around, uh, one of the first job assignments I had, I think, in the, I talk about in the book, is I was uh, really on my way to uh, teach uh, a manufacturing class in, in the UK and just outside of London and Birmingham. And I'm, I'm at the airport. This is the old days. We had to have paper tickets and all this kind of stuff. 
And so I'm showing up at the airport, and there's no cell phones, right? There's that big bank of phones, you know, pay phones. And, uh, and I'm sure Kate don't even know what those are. But anyway, there's a big <laughs> bank of, of phones. And so I go to the counter, the ticket counter, and the lady says, Mark, your ticket's been changed to Frankfurt, Germany. And I, I looked at her, and I go, I don't know anyone in Frankfurt, Germany. She goes, well, here's the number you're supposed to call, but here's your ticket for Frankfurt. And I'm going, oh, my goodness. And so... Anyway, I get stuck in Frankfurt, Germany for almost seven months uh, trying to get a plant running. And and there's times when I'm thinking, why did this happen to me? You know, but when I look back on that years later, when we were all sitting around the fire and we we're talking about all the good old days, Frankfurt, Germany comes up. And that's now a good old day. Right. And so, <laughs> yeah. and so you just never know. Sometimes those challenges, they're just opportunities. They're good times just wrapped up and just ready to be harvested. And so I think that you know we, we shouldn't always just run from those things let's take a look at them and, and and get ready to embrace those times i and that ties in with your the chapter on the joy of tension like Ooh, i am definitely yeah. a peacekeeper and i run from conflict almost and so it's that idea of don't don't run from it embrace it and and i love that you um that that's really major in like living our best lives like to embrace the tension and what was it? I think on page 163, um, I learned to see these events and tension more for what they truly were, a growth opportunity. It's a, mind, it's a mindset shift. And I love that. I love that you put that in there. That's, that's something that I totally need to work on. And, and, and I still work on it. I mean, I do. I, I have to sometimes reevaluate that and I work on it myself. I, I had someone sit in my office this week and they, they actually asked me about that. And I said, you know, there's, there's those pivotal points in, in life when you have to realize that this was kind of tough yeah. <laughs> and you can either tuck and run or, or you just put your head down and, and you just go through a step at a time and you just take, you don't solve all of it. You just take that step. And I mean, I think that's what, you know, I wrote this for a month because I, I have a lot of friends that aren't necessarily what I would call believers, but so I wrote this book for them as well. And I want them to understand because you know, as a believer, all God really expects out of me is just to take that step. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really have to solve anything. So I just take the next step that he provides. And then, then what happens is what happens. And th- there's a lot of relief in that. Yeah. And then you told, remember that chapter where you're, t- you're coaching the, the widow of your friend and you told her you're going to hit a wall. And I said, how much in life we're, we're going to hit a wall? If everybody had that knowledge that you told her, just keep moving forward yes how powerful is that and that's what god expects us to do just keep don't stagnate but that takes faith that doesn't you're right that takes faith to take the next step when you don't feel like taking it and when you don't know what's up up ahead you know for me it took less faith to just take another step than to quit (laughs) because i I thought well if i quit i know the result of that right i mean that's that's obvious (laughs) That's true. Yeah. But that next step, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I may be a little bit of a bully, but I put it all on God. I'm like, hey, this is what you gave me. I'm doing the <laughs> next step. <laughs> so I kind of leave it up to him. And I think that's key is, and I think that's what he wants to do. He he's basically told us, I, I've got this covered. Just, just step out. He told Peter, you know, step out of the boat. And, you know, it wasn't Peter's job to float. So that's, he just took a step. And uh, of course, that's what I've tried to do. I'm not always great at it, but I've tried to take that step and just leave the rest up to God. And, oh, and you know, one part you put, if you must 
if you must start small, but start, and that was talking about generosity, but I said, but really that would go with anything. Yes. You could take a baby step if you, mm. if you must, you could take a little step, but you just need to start. Crawl. I think, <laughs> yeah. That's Do good. something, yeah. some activity. Cause I think who in the Bible did God call that was doing nothing? Yeah, that's, that's very, you, know, you don't think about that sometimes, but that's true. And he just directed their paths, right? I mean, he, and that's the cool part about the process and then just taking joy in that process and thinking, and you know, the step, it's sad to say, but sometimes it's a step in the wrong direction, but you took the step and yeah. it's, it's one process eliminated. It's one thing you've eliminated. So I'm not going to do that one again. I'm going to go the other way next time or whatever. So really the only, you this is one of your, the quotes too. The only failure is quitting. So really yeah. the only failure would be not taking a step. Exactly. Like you said. Because you're going to learn from a misplaced step. You're still going to learn. So sometimes that lesson is going to be powerful. Yes. But as a, as a funny story, I like the uh, I like the Jimmy John story. That was hilarious. <laughs> it made oh. me laugh. And oh. I had seen on Facebook a long time ago. It was when, uh, and I did. Of course, Tate. Uh, he knows a lot more about technology than I do. But you guys had led him, and he downloaded all these songs or something. Oh yes. Remember that story? It was. Funny, oh though. yes. It's, it's still funny. It took a while for that. Many of his stories take a while for them to be funny for us. But what had happened on that particular one, we had a, a, a Mac computer that we kind of all shared. And uh, my wife, uh, uh, she sang in a worship group. And so she was downloading songs for that they were going to sing and off of uh, iTunes so she could hear them, see what they sounded like. And so she got on, actually, she'd gotten on his computer. I take that back. He had a Mac of his own. She got on his computer, but she forgot to take the credit card out. And, you know, and, and so he got on, it was like pay dirt. game on. <laughs> and he downloaded $600 worth of songs. Oh, man. And so luckily, back in those days, the Wi-Fi or what, the internet wasn't good enough that it actually locked it up. It would not download. Oh. So we only downloaded about $200 worth of them. And Stacy was able to call iTunes. Somehow she got through to somebody and they canceled the other $400. Oh, man. <laughs> well, oh. I remember seeing that. And I said, that guy has skills, man. I, oh, I didn't wow. know any, how to do that at the time. But I thought it was funny, too, because, you know, took advantage of opportunity. He does, and he, you know, he brings out the best. So many people. The Jimmy John story. There's a whole story behind that. He goes every. He's a he's a guy that's uh, he likes his rituals, and so every Friday night he wants a Jimmy John's sandwich and a cookie, and uh, he goes downstairs and watches one of his movies. We have more movies than a video store, so um, <laughs> of course they're out of business now, right? So we definitely do. But um, so he these people at Jimmy John's, they know him. I mean, they, and so my son, he's, even though he's 32 years old, he, you know, he's more, uh, you know, probably intellectually 12, 13 years old. And so he wears Scooby-Doo stuff all the time. He loves Scooby-Doo. And so when he goes in there on Friday, the manager, everybody, they have Scooby-Doo on. Oh, how cool. And at Christmas cool. and his birth, they know when his birthday is. And on Christmas, they, they'll get him a little Scooby-Doo socks or whatever and uh and they're just such good people um and they just bring out the best in him and he and he brings out the best in them and so 
the world, when you view things more in that lens, things just become more joyful. I mean, these are not people you might, if you saw them, uh, you know, you might judge them different. You know, they're just Jimmy John's employees, right? They're fast food workers. I mean, we, we tend to categorize people and I'm not saying we think bad. We just categorize people. They just become like a, uh, just a faceplate of something. But once you know people and you get in their story and they get into yours, we're really not all that different. That's so true. That is that's so beautiful. True. Yes. And I think that's what God wants us to know, that we're all the same. We're all, you know, there's sinners. We're all sinners. There's saved sinners and lost sinners, but we're all sinners. Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, one's, you know, and there's no, uh, I don't know, I, I think sometimes some of the people that I've enjoyed the most are the ones that realize that, realize the gift they've got. And I think that just the community, I think we're made for community. And you circle around that a lot in the book about how, and you said that earlier too, just the strategic planning, how that tied in with reaching out in that community. Like that's, that's so needed. And sometimes in our society, it's, we really isolate ourselves. So, well, I think COVID's done that to us as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, um, and I want, that's one of the reasons I want to get the book out as quick as I did because I understand we have to have lockdowns and I understand some of that and we got to be careful, but, but we also have to find a way to still have community. It's not healthy. I mean, you know, from the very beginning, you know, God made Adam and saw that he shouldn't be alone. I mean, that's lesson one. And we, we do need each other and we need not to judge one another, but to help one another. And mm -hmm. I think that community is what keeps us strong as, as individuals and as families. For sure. Yeah, you had a good you had a good little list on page one fifty six, and it tells you how to do that. You know, and it, it's just easy. To, you inspire pollination, and I like the way you said that. You know. Oh, inspiration me. pollination! I love that. Yeah. I was like, that should be a hashtag. That, that could be on t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of this had you know they've been in the bees are always in the uh, been in the news a lot more because you know we, we're discovering the value of that little creature. You know that it's more than just. Uh, making honey right and so and i thought and i was i just had seen a story on that and i'm thinking wow that's that's kind of what i'm trying to tell here it's we we sometimes forget uh we think what we do in a course of a day oh that's a minor uh, thing and and i'm telling you a bunch of little minor things by a bunch of minor people like us we can make a world of difference so true. Yeah. I mean, and, and then if you just look for those opportunities to build someone else up, be enthusiastic. I mean, you can see your passion coming out through the whole book. And I'm sure that you've taught people uh, wherever you've been. And uh, man, I'm just the first one says be enthusiastic. And then it says be careful to be yourself. Do yes. not fake enthusiasm. And I've seen people that are enthusiastic, but they don't go, yippee. You know, they're just steady. They show right. up. It, it's, it's just little things. There's so many times that things make your day. Maybe it's just a note uh, somebody leaves on your desk, or maybe it's just a, even a simple thank you. And those just propel. Uh, one of the authors that I read, he calls it flow. Um, and he, he likens even money that way. He said, if you hoard money, you stop the flow. And after a while, you know, you don't even money becomes not even the thing, right? It, it's just, you're just a hoarder. Yep. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the same way it is with kindness and the way it is with building one another up. It's about flow. You can never give out more than you're going to, you just create a flow. You're going to receive that. 
it, it, it just betters the whole world and that kindness and those little gifts we can give one another. And again, I'm not talking money or big, big things. I'm, that could be that, but a lot of times it's just, it's just acknowledgement of a job well done or our thank you and, and just saying, Hey, I really like you. You, you make me better when I'm around you, that, those kind of things. Which, you know, uh, 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 be intentional about that. And it's hard, though, because we're like, if we're too busy, then we don't do that. Or, or then we second guess ourselves. Oh, that sounds stupid when I say that, you know, instead of just putting yourself out there and just and then most everybody would just relish getting some uh, a pat on the back instead of. Yeah, slap and I think face, it takes practice. You know? It takes practice. I've had the times and I've had to, even my own self. I, my own team will be in a we've been in a lot of crisis the last couple of years with COVID and everything else. And, and I can remember getting up, you know, in front of my own team and I'm like, no, we got to do this. Let's do this. And I mean, I sound like some quarterback in a huddle sometimes. And finally, <laughs> I have to stop it. I go, guys, let me stop just a second. First of all, let me tell you, thank you. We have done a really good, and I have to, but, I, but that's was, it was, I don't want to make it sound like it was staged. It wasn't, but I had to almost make myself notes and say, let's not forget to acknowledge what we've done so far and appreciate each other. And then we'll rehuddle up and we'll fight. We'll, we'll get going. Oh, that's good. You, you gotta, you gotta write the second book. Then you gotta keep going with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what they tell me. I've not gotten over this one yet, but <laughs> I am what? starting to do a little bit of a, uh, we're going to do a, some book signings. We got a few scheduled and, uh, that's been fun. Um, so I think tell people, tell people, Mark, where they can get your book and, and things and, and where they info. can connect with you. Yeah. Well, the, the best way, any, any, the major, uh, retailers, uh, it's an, only an online book right now. Cause I'm, I'm, again, I'm a first time author. They typically don't stock those in the bookshelves in a store. Uh, they do around here, but, um, but typically you would go to, you know, amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com. Uh, those are the two major players that have my book. It's in all formats. You can get a, you know, the electronic version, uh, uh, whether it be a Nook, a Kindle, or you can get paperback, hardback, and there's an audio version out there that's read by my son. And uh, so those are the f fun places. You can always uh, find me on johnmarkwatson.com. And, uh, and I love uh, correspondence. There's even a way to correspond with me on that website. There's a, I have a speaking page. You can book me. Uh, I'm really cheap, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and also, uh, and, and our, feel free to email me. My, everything's easy on me. Every, John Mark Watson at gmail dot com. Um, and then uh, I, I'm more active on uh, uh, Instagram than I am anything. You can follow me there. It's again, it's John Mark Watson on Instagram. So, um, so that's uh, that's where I. I like Instagram just that I don't have to read all the stories. A lot of times <laughs> I do on Facebook uh, like this ser seriously fabulous. And I, I appreciate all of your effort that went into it. It's so impactful. And I, I don't even think you're going to, you, you won't be able to see the full benefit of it because, but I feel like it's, it's massive. You won't be able to see it, but it is massive across the board. So well, thank I you so thank much you for taking the time to do that. I have one question. So okay. before we sign off. Well, I got, I got, yeah. And I have a question for you. You can't, you don't get to just interview me. I have another, but go ahead. Ask <laughs> okay. Well, we, we like to ask people, what's, what is your top book that you would recommend that impacted you in some way or 
it doesn't have to be your favorite. I know picking a, a favorite book is hard, but it, a top one that comes to mind. If you know, I'm, I'm glad we didn't do this a Zoom call because I, I'm just looking beside my desk right now, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty-four. I have seventeen books stacked <laughs> beside my desk. Um, and I'm I'm a real eclectic reader. I'll just tell you, I read everything from mystery novels to suspense novels. I do that whenever I'm driving, usually. Um, but um, uh, I'm gonna give you two favorite authors that I like to read. Everybody, okay. I love anything Don Miller writes, and uh, especially his uh, more of his novels type stuff. He's got some business books out now, uh, and I like those too. But I love his novels. And... Blue like jazz? Did he? Write yes. That? Okay, yes. I think that's the only one I've read of his. That was really good. Yeah. And um, probably, um, and I'm a big Bob Goff fan. He's good. And uh, I just think he writes really, um, uh, really meaningful stuff that makes you think. It's not they're not deep. They're easy reads, but they they get to those innate uh, desires and thinking and so forth. And uh, so that's my two favorite and, and authors, I guess that I. I read pretty much everything they do, but the the one that had the most impact on me early on is a guy named Ken Blanchard. He's uh he's still out there. He still writes book. He wrote Servant Leadership. Um, he's as far as business wise, he's made a big impact on me. So uh, he's still uh, he's a pretty older guy now, but he's still out there on Facebook. He does. I think he just released a book I haven't gotten, uh, but uh, he's a good guy. Okay, well, we'll have to add him to our book stack. And my mystery novels are my suspense things. David Baldocki. I've read everything he's, oh. he's written. Really? Yes. You're brave because he's scary. <laughs> His books are scary. They are. You got you got to do them in the daytime, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, I'm impressed. Well, thank and, you for and your my time. Question, Did you I have a question? question. You, okay. you ladies have done. So I didn't even know you had this. Sheila doesn't promote this. So I'm going to promote this podcast whenever you, uh, you get this up. But I don't know. It is so fun. Maybe it's because I know, know you. I don't know. But to hear a mother and daughter talk about a podcast and the books they've read, uh, you're really on to something here. It's, it's a lot of fun for, for somebody like me to peek in on and listen. And uh, so uh, I would just say, how did you come up with this idea? Um, well, we did a book club and then Kate, Kate said, well, since we're talking about it anyway, why don't we archive it? Why don't we put it on there? And then she, she just went with it because she, she's like you. She's passionate. She wants to do it right. She said, okay, well, we're going to do this. And she edits it, and she does all the hard work. Oh, I, all I, I do I mean, is talk about the book. I laughed out loud on several. Just because, you know, I, it was so, I've listened to two or three of them. So um, uh, it was a lot of fun for me, especially I kind of peeked around because it was a book I really want to know about. I listened to that one. <laughs> And of course, the hobbits I really like. Uh, but hey, thanks for doing this, and uh, I think we need to promote this on Facebook too. So I want to, I want everybody, whenever you get it up, uh, let me know. And, uh, for sure, I'd we love will. to. Well, get I think it out everyone there. needs to read Joyous Leadership across Thank the board. You. Yes. Thank you very much. Thanks, it's phenomenal. Mark. Great to great to talk with you. Yes, uh, been a long time. Thanks, Sheila and Kate. Both love you both. It was great to love meet you. you. Okay, so I will be sure to put the information on how to connect with Mark and how to get your own copy of Joyous Leadership. The link's to that in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. We are so grateful to have our first author on the podcast today, and be sure to check out his new book, Joyous Leadership. It's a must-read for everybody. Fabulous. And that is a wrap on Joyous Leadership. See you next time.